0: Welcome to this Diversity and Inclusivity Finance Forum podcast, working for difference, making business better and fairer. The DIFF series of podcasts is aimed at helping people from underrepresented groups get into and get on in the mortgage and protection industry. And to help everyone understand why genuinely prioritizing diversity is good for all of us individually, good for your business, and good for the mortgage market as a whole. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individuals participating and not necessarily of their respective companies, either past or present. Welcome everybody to another DIFF podcast and today we're going to be looking at the perspective of our trade bodies and be talking about what they did do, what they are doing and what they're going to do in response to creating a fairer and more balanced and welcoming for all mortgage industry. And to go through this I'm joined by the wonderful Nicola Goldie who amazingly has been in the industry for nearly 18 years, starting at Halifax and moving to Virgin seven years ago, where she's been Head of National Accounts, for which she has won the Head of National Accounts of one of the British Awards in 2021 and 2022. Let's hope you get a hat-trick there, Nicola. She was also recognised as one of the industry changemakers in our change maker programme, and we will talk to her about that. She has been leading the IMLA IND group and is part of the A V Working in Mortgages Steering Group. And in 2023, she was appointed as an IMLA manco-director, and she is passionate about building a better industry both now and for future generations. And from Amy, I am joined by Senior Policy Advisor Rachel Edwards. Rachel has been asked to take up the mantle for B&I, for which she was delighted to accept and will be helping to facilitate all the exciting things that are planned for Chapter 2 in Amy's activity in this space. She's worked in financial services for over seven years and comes from a lender-based credit union background, and she will be reflecting on what she has been told, but also is the main driver for the activities going forward. So let's begin with a little reflection on what happened. So if you could give the listeners, let's start with Nicola, a sense of what the trade body's response was to Me Too and BLM back in 2018, 2017. What were the board members saying, thinking and feeling, if you can... Just, just give us a sense
1: of what was happening then. Morning, Barrett. Yes, I certainly can. So whilst I can't speak directly for all lenders individually within Imla, I can speak to the kind of overall Imla journey on this. So many of the lenders were already starting their individual d activity as kind of the various world events had brought prominence to this really important topic. It was then your good self, Barrett, actually, that helped galvanise the trade body activity back in 2021. And your presentation at Exco really kind of highlighted the need and opportunity to reflect both the intermediary market and the customers that we collectively serve. So taking away the individual activity there, the Imler IND group was born. It was a great response from members to come together who are passionate about creating positive change, either in general or through lived experiences. So the IND group was born as the years have, have kind of developed. This group has evolved to bring more and more members involved into it to work together on a collective purpose, which is around collaboration, around promoting and developing IND in the mortgage sector. And it's about embracing and recognising our differences and that we're all at different points in our journey and that we create a safe space to help and support each other through this.
0: And Rachel, have you been told by the very, very old people that you were what was happening
2: at Amy? Yeah, so I spoke to Robert Sinclair, our chief exec, to sort of understand what was happening here at Amy. Because I think during the height of the Me Too and Black Lives Matter movement, when we were starting to see sort of a real uptick in pace of, of people like getting involved in DI, I was still working in the credit union sector. And some of the quotes that Robert gave me were in the board meetings, they were very aware of the fact that they were lacking diversity, both in terms of women and people from an ethnic background and that they'd tried to address it before but they kept hitting stumbling blocks in that there just weren't really many women and people from minority backgrounds in senior management levels in a lot of companies and so they were in the position where they knew they wanted to enact change but really needed to figure out where we were as an industry like what kind of benchmark we were looking at so that drove them to conduct the viewpoint which sort of backed up the stumbling blocks that they'd come across earlier is that the reason they couldn't find any people from minority groups of women in senior management positions because there were very few of them. So I think it was really eye-opening from that point of view and really made them think about what other areas that they needed to look at that they'd perhaps not been very aware of. So something that Robert mentioned was that they really wanted to look at more than just the gender issue and and the racial issue, but what is affecting everybody from all aspects of sort of diversity and inclusion that's stopping people from achieving these senior management positions. So they've taken quite a, a stance on some of the other issues of disability and accommodations and neurodiversity. And supporting people that are parents and carers. So it really is trying to be like a whole of industry approach to moving everybody forward and making it really safe and inviting industry to work in.
0: And that's fantastic. And I think it, it all kicked off with the survey. And I think, Nicola, you were very much part of that. Could you just run us through how you became involved in the big Amy survey, which formed as sort a of platform for so much of what's going forward?
1: Yeah, absolutely. The viewpoints run by Amy is a kind of tried and tested method of really tackling key industry topics. And to Rachel's point earlier on, the recognition that this was really gathering pace, as inclusion and diversity was really sort of gathering pace in terms of an importance, especially for our industry. Amy reached out for industry sponsors, so Virgin Money and Aldermore put their hands up to provide funding for the research, really recognising that it's a whole of industry issue and. Therefore, kind of needed a whole of industry response to this. And that's where my sort of journey along the starter. So I got involved within the creation of the report to really pull together questions that we needed to ask to benchmark where we are today as an industry that would then give us the platform to kind of take things further forward and do some positive action to make change in our industry. Working through the sort of survey activity was really enlightening, actually, the sort of diverse nature of the questions to ask and the responses, in fact, were fantastic. We had 1,178 responses across the industry to the survey and many of whom gave us some strong commentary as well that sat around the data. And that unsurprisingly made for some uncomfortable reading, but was a really important part of where we needed to set a stake in the ground to then move forward. So once we got the report responses, we were able to then really start to pull together with the help of Versity, our research provider, a clear response to the statistics and some guidance material that was able to be published and shared with our intermediary community. And then that galvanised us into action around the actual task forces and bringing together the Amy and the IMLA trade bodies really to work together across the industry with other parts of our industry as well to start to take some clear actions.
0: And Rachel, sort of, you must have looked at the research here when you joined Amy, almost from an outsider's perspective looking in, what about the results that you sort of looked at? Did you find either surprising or more concerning?
2: I think... For me, I'd agree, yeah. It was one of the first things that I was passed to look at, actually, when I accepted the role. So they really did throw me in at the deep end a little bit. But it was almost one of those, I think I would categorize it as not necessarily surprising, but disappointing. Having worked in other industries and in financial services, as a woman, you know, you start to see people being treated slightly differently and you start to to see yourself being passed over occasionally so I wouldn't really say that there were any surprises in there for me apart from maybe like the experiences of over discrimination I think we there were a lot of sort of questions about you know whether you'd witnessed it whether you'd experienced it yourself and I do think that those numbers were probably higher than I was expecting and that was something that was again just really disappointing that in an industry like mortgage services that you would really hope would be quite open and fair that people are still experiencing discrimination in such volumes. And so that was really disheartening to see. But I do think that it's interesting now to see how many people are getting involved to try and do something about it. So it really does feel like the tide is turning, which is amazing.
0: It was disappointing. I think that's the correct word to use. But I do think nobody could then argue against it. That was almost like the definition of a reality uh, and an a reality that needed to change. Would that sum it up for you as well, Nicola? Unsurprising, but disappointing.
1: Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Unsurprising. I I think we could have probably put those numbers together, but this was... Truly disappointing. We're all passionate individuals in this industry. You know, so it is a great industry, but disappointing that we still have so many areas that we can work on to improve and to really bring together some true inclusivity and, and true diversity. One of the stats, just to pull out in terms of career progression, for example, on this one 54% of women, 56% of LGBTQ, and 52% of ethnic minorities believe that people like them are not represented at all levels within our industry that's a really disappointing stat. we really need to move the dial on that
0: and hopefully the dial is being moved somewhat i oh, will come back to that with uh when we come discuss awards so what impact do you think it's had i know it's had a huge impact on a3 and certainly the kind of work that we're doing not just with diff but everywhere we now kick off all our awards programs with a reminder to everybody that it's a safe space and that behaviour needs to be conducted with other people's sensitivities in mind. And we tell all our sponsors that they are responsible for the behaviour of their guests, which is just something that we should have been doing forever. But it was only as a result of what we saw with the survey that we started to change. What kind of changes do you think it inspired the broker-lender levels? Rachel, did you discuss this? Do you have any thoughts on it?
2: Yeah, I think the impact of the viewpoint and the sort of diversity and inclusion movement as a whole is really quite momentous. It's really fantastic to see that this is an ongoing project that people are still involved with. I think at this point, we're more than a year on from the release of the viewpoint, and there's still... An incredible amount of people getting involved and working forwards and and making sure that these things aren't just a flash in the pan. It's not just a, a talking point from sort of the 2020. It's continuing to evolve and develop. And it's something that we need to carry on working at and to improve. So it's really fantastic to see this ongoing impact. And I think there's just a lot of conversations now where you can tell that people feel a lot more comfortable talking about whatever issues that they may be having. You know, a big thing at the moment, I think, is sort of neurodiversity. And people are a lot more comfortable talking about any issues that they're having or any accommodations that they need. And it's because a few people took the chance of getting that conversation out there, getting that conversation started. And like Nicola was saying earlier, you kind of need to see representation and see the path that you can follow. And I think that's been one of the biggest impacts is making people more visible to kind of hold the door open for everybody else to come behind them which is absolutely fantastic
0: absolutely that's one of the things that we do with our trailblazer podcast to try and make sure that people can see people that are like them being successful Nicola what impact do you think it had on the lender side
1: so I think this is Again, very much supportive of what Rachel has just said, which is it's the discussions are now live and it's great to see cross-lender working. One of the brilliant things is definitely the kind of widening of networks that we've seen being created through this activity. So not just the kind of Amy Imler task force activity, but also work within the diff side of things that you do brilliantly, Barrett, with the education. We have within the IMLA IND group, we have five monthly lunch and learn sessions where we bring speakers in from around the lenders or indeed the industry to come and just talk to us for half an hour, 45 minutes and and kind of really get the education element of this, which leads to the the ability to feel comfortable to have strong conversations or to to kind of look at where we can all improve together. And that for me has been a huge impact across the last few years where we really genuinely have seen an industry want to move forward on this. And it's not just a lender side and it's not just an intermediary side. It is the bringing together of the great people in our industry to kind of move this forward. So I think for me, it's been brilliant to see the impacts, the kind of baseline that we had, and then the passion and the drive to get involved and as months and months go by more and more people are getting involved and the conversation is live and to your point barrett the fact that we're talking at industry events about the appropriateness of behavior and how we we're now seeing this being a, a more and more normalized conversation i think that's been a huge impact and certainly if we look back three four five years ago it just wasn't on the table as a subject i
0: think one of the things that we're very proud of and of our whole industry is the way that DNI, whether it's sort of like through the Amy lens or through the Imla lens, it's not seen as a competitive advantage. It's basically looking for the best practice to actually help the whole industry, not giving one company an edge over the others. And that refreshing way of working has been amazing as somebody looking at it from the outside. So, if we move on now to the next stage of practical activity, Rachel, could you talk us through the thinking and the ambition of what you did for the D&I side of things on the Amy website? What did your members want and what support did you have?
2: So, the Working in Mortgages website was originally, I think, you know, we wanted to have sort of a resource hub for people that were new to the industry that might have a lot of questions and not really know where to go to find them. I think as well especially if you're coming into the industry it can be really intimidating that you know there's a lot of things that happen in mortgage servicing and in the financial services as a whole, there's a lot of industry events that are well-structured and everybody has kind of attended them before and everybody knows what's happening. And if you're brand new, you can feel like a little bit uncomfortable asking questions. So we wanted it to be a really fantastic resource. You know, if you were invited to a black tie event, we can tell you what sort of the dress code is, what kind of behavior you can expect, because we've just felt that there was a lot of conflicting information out there. But we also wanted it to be in terms of getting case studies out there, like a really good resource hub as well. So if you're coming into the industry as, for example, like a member of the LGBT community and you want to see sort of what are the main challenges I'm going to face? Can I talk to somebody that's been through it before? will have case studies on the website where you can see that representation of yourself and think, well, yeah, it's definitely possible because this person's done it and maybe I could reach out to them if I have any questions. And I think the support for the Working in Mortgages website has been absolutely amazing. We do have a, a contributors page and there's more than 80 people that have contributed in some way to the creation of the website. And it just goes to show how supportive the industry is of this initiative. There's so many people providing, providing content and showing those like a a day in the life of and helping get the information out there so that people can come into the industry and they can learn about all these job roles and they can learn about how they would get to them. And once they're there, what other support there is for further development. So it's a really sort of whole of your career reference point, I think, where there's just absolutely amazing content for everything that you could be considering that you would want to look at. So I think it's hopefully going to be really helpful
1: to a lot of people. Some of the great sort of work within the Working in Mortgages website really is designed to kind of bring new people to the industry and and, and also help people move around the industry too. And just one of the other things I was just going to talk about was Imla Manco are looking to pull together a new starter event later this year to help improve inclusion as well and we'll look to do that through collaboration through the Working in Mortgages website and also things like career fairs again targeting the attraction of a more diverse workforce overall so looking out and reaching out into different areas of communities where we can pull things together. So we definitely are looking to build for today, but also for the generations of tomorrow as well, as we kind of use the Working in Mortgages website activity to really sort of drive that forward.
0: I'd be interested in both your views because of the previous podcast, somebody said one of the things we need to do with the mortgage career interface is to move on from people thinking it's really just about numbers when if you've worked in this industry for any length of time, it's actually about relationships and people, not really about numbers because you've got calculators and search engines and stuff to do all of that stuff for you hopefully what we're going to do was going to reflect that side of things Nicola would you think that's important
1: yeah absolutely I mean the wealth of roles available within this industry that don't require the calculators or indeed the technology to support it I think it's kind of bringing it to life I mean most people if you speak to industry colleagues most people have fallen into this industry over time or certainly the sort of older ones (laughs) of us and what would be really great would be a career choice by people leaving school college university as something that is really attractive and and really sort of an interesting and exciting industry to be in and it is once you're in but I think looking from the outside without the sort of tools and the sort of real visibility of this it doesn't immediately jump out as a career choice and I think that's what's going to be really important and the work that Rachel talked about from the working in mortgages activity that's going on now will definitely start to reach into those areas and and really kind of bring that to the fore so I definitely think this is something that will continue for some time to come.
0: That's a perfect segue to talk to Rachel not only for her extraordinarily young perspective uh, on the industry, but also to talk to us about the direction of travel for the site and what we can expect going forward now that it's entirely and utterly under your control, Rachel.
2: I think I would say in terms of going back to sort of like enticing people to the industry, I think it's just like an education piece. We really need to show off what the mortgage industry looks like today and the benefits of getting on board because I do think, yeah, I remember being at school and thinking, oh, like banking and finance is just stuffy men in suits, probably day drinking. And, the, you know, the reality couldn't be further from the truth. I, I think there's just such a an old fashioned view of financial services and, and the mortgage industry specifically, that people don't realise what a fantastic, diverse and welcoming place that it can be. And there's, you know, like Nicola said, there's such a range of job roles that you can do, next to none of which require any math skills, which is um, something I'm forever thankful for, because that's not my strong suit at all. And I think the next steps for the Working in Mortgage website is just to continue providing some absolutely fantastic support and guidance on a range of topics. In the In Chapter 2, we've got quite a renewed focus on content that's going to be really helpful to people and you know we want to get a little bit more involved with marketing so that people know that the website exists and it's a really useful resource hub and one of the things that we're going to be rolling out shortly as part of the working in mortgages website is the mentoring platform So we want to be able to connect people across the industry and help them sort of learn and grow and develop together. And that might be, you know, in a professional capacity, there may be some people that want to come into mentoring in order to sort of better themselves and work towards a promotion. But I think for a lot of people, it's just going to be connecting with somebody that has a very different life experience and learning from that i think one of the things that i'm most excited about with the the mentoring platform that we're going to be launching is the ability to reverse mentor where you would pair sort of junior people or people new to the industry with senior colleagues to give those senior management colleagues a real current experience and a more modern viewpoint of what the industry is like for a young person and I think that's going to be really great because obviously you know the, the people that are in a position to enact policy might not have spoken to somebody that's brand new to the industry for some time so that interesting and new viewpoint is going to be really helpful.
0: Yeah that is absolutely spot on And they're very proud to sponsor that mentoring interface. And I think the number of Trailblazer podcasts that I've done talking to people, nearly all of them mention one person that took a chance on them or helped them out, that triggered them to develop their career. And I don't think that is the case, not just for those people from underrepresented groups. I think industry-wide, it's always just one person or two people that have really said, I think you should do this. I think you can do this, you know, and overcome the tendency of women not to apply for jobs. There's this uh, stat that always surprises me, which I tell my daughters, is that a man will apply for a job if they're 20 percent confident they can do it. And a woman won't apply for a job until they're 95 percent confident they can do it. And that, again, is something that we want to change. And I just hope that we can all contribute towards doing that. If we can move on then, Nicola, to you. And again, one of the DI successes that is the changing nature of the winners of the British Mortgage Awards has been something that I've been very happy with. It's still some way to go, right? But I can remember, I don't think there was a female winner in the first British Mortgage Awards. And yet last year, some of the top lender awards went to women, including one of the top ones going to you. But you were also recognising in our Changemaker program. And again, we came up with a nominated recognition badge of honor almost, which wasn't a competition because we don't believe that diversity and inclusivity should be a competition. Nobody is better than anybody else. Everybody does things in their own way but you were one of our change makers. Has it been useful? I see it on your emails and things. Are you proud to have it? And what do you think about it?
1: So firstly, it was a surprise. This wasn't something that had been talked about. So on the night to see it go up was an absolutely delightful surprise, actually. A brand new recognition for industry really sort of bringing the importance of d to see that I was one of the faces that was sort of highlighted on the screen on the night. It just made me immensely proud, proud because it's something that I have been extremely passionate about. So to be recognised in that way was absolutely amazing. But it's delightful in the fact that we're having these discussions and the importance of these are being recognised now. And in terms of the recognition, I have proudly displayed it within emails and, and within sort of LinkedIn activity. And that's led to lots of people messaging me and getting in contact with me who've seen this. And it's really piqued their curiosity about how they can get involved and really sort of opening that discussion to talk about what. People can get involved with? Where did I see the opportunity here? And I think that's been the amazing part of this, which is, again, bringing the industry together, making sure that we're all working together on a common cause. And I think this was really a great starting point for that, Barrett. It was an excellent idea and something I'm super proud of.
0: One of the things that we've learned is that you don't stop learning in terms of creating a diverse industry and It wasn't until i did a podcast with the great tracy burton who was brave enough to come on and talk about her dyslexia that we realized that we have to make sure that people can actually open the envelope and read the winner on there and obviously if they have dyslexia and the lights are on you that's a bit of a challenge and we've learned that we make sure that anybody giving out an award is comfortable with reading out what's actually written on the card there. And equally, it was only at our last event on physical disabilities that we now make sure that everybody is comfortable collecting an award when the extraordinarily courageous Lee Brewer talked through his personal experiences and almost fear of awards and industry events because he was born without a right hand. So I think you're absolutely right, both of you, when you talk about We need to go broader into neurodiversity, physical disability, access, etc. And hopefully we're all on that. So on that basis, Rachel, what are the challenges that we face going forward? And do you think from your perspective as a relatively newcomer to the industry with a a very future orientated young brain, what should we be doing?
2: I think the challenges for D&I are probably always going to be the same. D&I is just such a vast subject that there's so much to consider and it can be really overwhelming, I think, when you first start trying to, to get something done and trying to make an impact because you just don't know where to start. And so that's what I think is so great about this sort of working in mortgages initiative, that there's so many volunteers with such a fantastic range of knowledge and experience and expertise that you don't feel like you need to try and solve all of these problems yourself overnight. There's a network of people that you can look to that they all have brilliant amount of passion, but it may just be in different areas. So I think it's just about bringing in as many people to help as possible. But that sort of leads me on to the the second challenge, is that all of our volunteers are working on these projects alongside their stressful day jobs. So Sometimes progress is going to be constant but slow, and I think we just need to accept that, again, we're not going to solve these problems overnight, and to try not to be disheartened by that, we can still see Quantifiable evidence that things are progressing. And like we said earlier, you know, that the very fact that this podcast exists and the very fact that the steering group exists is proof that people are hungry for change and that passion isn't going anywhere. We just need to sort of be a little bit kinder to ourselves if we aren't able to do things within a matter of weeks or months, because there's a lot that we're all doing as part of our day jobs. But I think, yeah, it's just continuing to get involved and to provide a voice where you can to help out somebody else that may not be in a position to speak out on something will just be how we need to go forward to continue making these improvements and changes.
0: That is such a fantastic point, Rachel, about one, not being alone to solve problems, but also being kind to yourself about the progress. And to remind ourselves of the progress that has already been made. And and what about you, Nicola, from your perspective as one of the industry leaders?
1: I think there is so much passion. It's about harnessing it now and directing it in areas that we can make a difference without losing sight of other areas that we know need to change too. To Rachel's point, it's trying to be kind to ourselves about how much we can change in a short period of time but the fact that change will be constant and we are all constantly making changes be them great or small changes is now definitely rolling there are so many people involved it's brilliant and i'm sure there are more people on the back of more education podcasts and and the like this is becoming more and more of, of a profile where people do want to come and join in and we've got so many great things that people can get involved in so the diff groups, we've got Imla Lunch and Learn, we've talked about the website where you could write a blog for the website, for example. But there are so many things to get involved in big and small, that there are opportunities for everyone and to continue to encourage people to do that. And I think there's some exciting challenges ahead. I'm, I'm kind of going to put the positive side of that. The exciting challenges are that we know where we're headed and we'll continue to evolve and continue to make those changes in the best ways that we can.
0: That is fantastic. And I, and I would encourage everybody to put their name forward as somebody that anybody out there can speak to. I think it's a way of giving back. And the more people we actually have available to the rest of the industry, it's great. And I think that the, the reverse mentoring point is a very, very good one. And and I do think that some of our industry leaders would well benefit. I think G did something fantastic on this under Ali Crosley's auspices that the leaders benefited from speaking to someone from an underrepresented group or somebody from LGBTQ community or somebody who had a neurodiverse issue, which they all could learn from. So thank you both. I think we're in a good place. We're not in a perfect place, but with both people like the two of you involved driving things forward, our trade bodies can definitely be described as fair and getting fairer. Thank you very much. If you have enjoyed this episode, and want diversity and inclusion to have as wide an audience as possible, make sure you share with your friends and colleagues and hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode.